You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, how about those trees? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I am John June, solo pod. It's probably going to be like that for quite some time. But don't worry, once we get back into you know football and draft season, we'll be back. Um, but... Just for now, it's going to be me, Solo Pod, and uh, this is I'm recording this uh, two days after the Super Bowl, so I've had some time to digest it, and guys, what a game. What an absolute game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the, the best quarterback, definitely playing football right now. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we, we know the swagger and the intensity, but uh, this guy is uberly talented, the way he's able to to escape pressure and uh, make make off balance throws, running to his right, running to his left, off one leg, um, you know, this guy's he was he was spectacular all through the playoffs. So, um, you know, good to see him win a chip. And the the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat in these um, you know the next few years. And now, uh, you know, as for the Niners, you know. They they let this one slip away and it's it sucks because this is kind of gonna follow Kyle Shanahan, unfortunately. But um, I, I you know I, I feel bad because everyone blames the Atlanta loss on him, but you know we all forget Dan Quinn, defensive minded head coach. You know you let up twenty five points in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um, you know, but this one unfortunately uh, for if you, for most people that falls to the feet of Kyle Shanahan. I'm not one of those people. I, I think. You know, he dialed up the right plays at the right time. You know, the, the 49ers and Jimmy G didn't execute. So, um, but enough about that. You know, the reason why I'm recording this pod right now, it's all about 2020. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl was in 2020, but they're the champions of the 2019 season. So, it's all about 2020 right now. So, you're probably asking yourself, John, what the hell are we doing in February talking about fantasy football well guys you know maybe there's you know maybe you're in a dynasty league um you know maybe you have keepers you have to make a decision on or maybe you were like me before dynasty league you just enjoy fantasy football so much that uh you know you you can't get enough of it and you're already thinking about it so um i guess some of the questions would be where do you start right now what are you doing um and i I guess the easiest place to start would be if you're in a dynasty league then you're, you're probably looking at um, you know which guys coming up have expiring contracts. Um, you've got you've got an eye ahead looking to the the NFL draft. Um, you know with who you could potentially take in your rookie drafts. So you know you're you're probably following your favorite college player now. You know maybe maybe you're an Alabama fan and you know you like a certain Jerry Judy or maybe you you root for Oklahoma and you like a C.D. Lamb or. 
maybe you're a Georgia fan and you're all about DeAndre Swift. Um, this this class is loaded. Um, you know, as if you you know if you if you follow the NFL draft, you follow the scouts. This this class was supposed to be loaded for a while. Um, you know, I, I know that in dynasty leagues, I was trying to acquire picks for for this season um, because of that reason. Um, don't get me wrong, next year's class is loaded too. A bunch of guys stayed in school, um, which means that you know they'll be available next year. So it'll definitely be be fun to watch. But you know, like I was saying, you're looking at the uh, looking at the free agent list. Uh, which guys in the NFL right now are going to be potential free agents? Um, and that list is actually this is one of the more intriguing free agency years, um, especially if we start at the quarterback position, um, just because you have. You know, high-profile guys like Drew Brees and uh, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, who's never been, uh, who's never hit the open market, right? So this is going to be an interesting situation. And then, yes, you also have Cam Newton, who's who could be available for trade. You've got a new regime there as well. So um, that'll be something interesting to look at. Um, and, and, you know, and actually the Drew Brees thing is, is interesting because in New Orleans you have a, um, you know, a potential three quarterback carousel because Drew Brees he's an unrestricted free agent. Teddy Bridgewater is also an unrestricted free agent, um, and then you know quote unquote quarterback of the future according to Sean Payton Taysom Hill, um, who had a you know an interesting playoff by the way in that game against Minnesota if you were playing FanDuel, um, but Taysom Hill a restricted free agent. Uh, meaning when you know when when someone's a restricted free agent, what that means is that you know there's a first round tender, second round tender, um, there's the original round tender. Uh, so basically, what that is implying is the team can go ahead and uh, you know assign a player with that with that one of those tenders, uh, and they get a one year salary. Um, you know, not nearly as much as the franchise tag, but they get a one year sal a one year salary. Um, and if they are signed away by by another team, then the, that team that signs them will have to give up uh, draft compensation, potentially. Uh, but you know, the caveat here is the the team has an opportunity the um, has an opportunity to to match the offer. So, um, for example, if if the you know. I'm just going to throw out the Miami Dolphins. You know, obviously we all know their situation, but, you know, let's say they want to sign Taysom Hill, um, but the the Saints tender him at the first-round level, then the Miami Dolphins um, would have to, you know, match, would have to, you know, sign Taysom Hill to, a, to an offer or an extended offer, and um, this New Orleans Saints would have an opportunity to either a match that offer and thus keep Taysom Hill, or B um, let Taysom Hill sign the offer from the Dolphins, but then the Dolphins have to send back a first round pick as compensation. So, um, and then you could also get the original round tender, which obviously you know is is the original round the player was drafted in, and that's the pick you would have to give up. If the player was undrafted, then you don't have to give anything up. Um, but you know that's not really saying much about the player, but uh, moving forward, the running back position is also interesting. Uh, we've got Melvin Gordon, who's an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, we know his whole situation, how that turned out with these uh, well, L.A. Chargers um, didn't want to 
didn't want to pay him and and he didn't want to play and he was sitting out games and then eventually came back and started off slow and uh, to the ire of many fantasy owners um, you know didn't didn't really have a great season so it'll be interesting to see how his situation is handled this offseason uh, Derek Henry uh, obviously he led the league in rushing um, he you know ran for Ran for almost 800 yards in the playoffs. You know, the guy was an absolute monster um, all throughout the playoffs, you know, beating New England, beating Baltimore, and uh, potentially, you know, coming very close to uh, to giving the, the Chiefs a run for their money. So uh, Derrick Henry, uh, that'll be an interesting situation there. And then you've got Kenyon Drake, who uh, in Arizona was traded, you know, right before the trade deadline. Uh, for for a, I believe it was a fourth round pick if I'm not mistaken, um, you know. So there's conversations about what's going to happen with David Johnson over there in Arizona. So could Kenyon Drake be the running back of the future? Uh, they also have Chase Edmonds who was performing well before going down with injury. Um, so yeah, Kenyon Drake's going to be an interesting discussion. He'll be um, an interesting case to to watch this off season. Uh, Jordan Howard, also an unrestricted free agent. Um, I, I doubt that the Eagles would bring him back with the resurgence of Miles Sanders. It's going to definitely be something to watch, though. Um, you know, Jordan Howard, probably, it, it's all about fit for him. Um, you know, the first three guys we talked about, Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, uh, Kenyon Drake, I mean, their fits matter, um, but not as much as Jordan Howard's fit really matters because, you know, uh, Jordan Howard's best shot is 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 being part of a committee. Um, so, you know, that's probably what his role is. It's probably how teams view him now. I don't think anybody really views him as a three down, every down back. Uh, so he, you know, he'd have to probably go to a team, be part of a committee, and so any hope for fantasy production there would be that he he's the lead dog in that committee. So um, it'll be curious to see where he ends up. Uh, honestly, I think the best place for him to go would be back to Philadelphia um, for his maybe fantasy value there. So we'll have to see um, how it how it turns out. But I think the restricted free agent market at the running back position is actually a little bit more interesting because um, you know you have Kareem Hunt, who's only 25 years old. He's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, I will. I'm curious to see how the Browns will tender him. Uh, the John Dorsey, who is the former general manager, is no longer there. So, um, and he, you know, he's the guy that had history with Kareem Hunt, having drafted him back in Kansas City. Uh, so we'll have to see how uh, this whole situation plays out. But if you're a Kareem Hunt owner, dynasty owner, you're probably wanting to see him end up in a different situation, um, go be the lead back somewhere. Um, so you know, maybe Tampa Bay or something like that. Uh, you know, situation, you know, Pittsburgh would be interesting. Uh, James Conner is also a free agent, um, not this year, but next year. And he's also always injured, as we talk about frequently on this podcast. So, um, you know, we'll have to see how that situation plays itself out. Austin Eckler, I don't think that he's going anywhere, to be honest. Um, you know, I, 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 I won't imagine that the Chargers would, would let him go, um, especially you know he's a restricted free agent, so you're not. He's not going to cost much money. 
so I, I would I would uh, I would expect them to keep Austin Eckler. He was a dynamic back last year, and I expect that to continue. <clears throat> uh, Matt Breida also of the 49ers. He'll be a free agent um, or restricted free agent. So you know it'll be. I'm curious to see with all the injury history that he has. Are the 49ers going to uh, dedicate any um, you know large money to him or a large tender to him? Uh, with the research, with the well, emergence of Raheem Mostert, and you know they have still have Tevin Coleman under contract. I know they can cut Jarek McKinnon and save some salary cap there. So, um, you know, do they see Breida as somebody who's important to what they do in that backfield? Um, you know, we'll have to find out. But he's somebody that I could see. Uh, you know, if 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 you know the Niners were to somehow let him let him loose, uh, I could see teams. Uh, clamoring after Matt Breida, uh, being an explosive back that he is. Uh, Corey Clement, also the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's somebody I just have always been enamored with. Um, his versatility uh, for a big back, you know, being six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. Um, you know, we also we we see what he does in the run game, but also. And what he does in in the pass game and in pass protection and as a as a kickoff returner, uh, guys like that they always you know find a way to last in the league. So Corey Clement, uh, if healthy, I, I would I would be curious to see where he ends up. Um, and then moving to the wide receivers, uh, I think you know the the big name here, the biggest name, maybe not um, you know the, the the probably the one that's going to command the most money, but AJ Green. Um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, obviously the weird situation with him where, you know, was questionable every week before ending up in, on IR until in week 17. So um, he's 32 years old, uh, hasn't played a full season in about three years. So I'd be curious to see what happens with him and how much money he'll command on the open market. Um, but, you know, I've been saying it for like two years now. I feel like AJ Green's going to be a Patriot. So. Um, but obviously I don't have any intel on that. I have no sources. Um, <laughs> so it'll be curious to see if Tom Brady does come back. Does he, you know, he's already, you know, we already hear reports that he, he he's only, he's going to want, uh, money to be invested on the offensive side of the football to bring in more weapons. Um, I think AJ Green could help fill that, that, uh, Rob Gronkowski void. Um, obviously don't play the same position, but could fill that same role as, as a big target down um, running down the seam in the middle of the field for Tom Brady um, and, you know, preventing or presenting matchup situations or matchup or mismatches um, with personnel. So I could see definitely that being a, uh, a, a you know, a Belichickian move right there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, also a free agent, 33 years old. Um, you know, he, I think he provided, um, you know, Definitely a weapon for for Jimmy G, but as we saw as the year progressed, and even you know, capping it off in the Super Bowl, Dio Samuel is he's the he's the future of this team. Uh, I think they do need another receiver, um, you know, someone who who is able to um, you know run crisp routes and get open in the middle of the field, um, you know, and just be be a be a target um, that can work all areas of the field for. Jimmy G in this Niners offense, um, but this with, with this being a, res, a loaded receiver class, I could see the Niners uh, going that route uh, this this off season. 
So, um, you know, they did draft Jalen Hurd last year, who's a big receiver. Um, curious to see how his role plays out. But Emmanuel Sanders, um, you know, 33 years old. I don't know how much he might have in the tank, but maybe he'll join A.J. Green in, in New England since the Pats tried to get him um, years ago when he was initially a restricted free agent with Pittsburgh. Um, Amari Cooper, unrestricted free agent. Um Everybody's saying that he'll end up back in Dallas, that he's not going to you know, end up a free agent. So um, have no reason not to believe that. Dallas traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Um, you know, they, Their offense operates better when he's on the field, even if he's not doing anything. So um, you know, I, that was a little dig. But yeah, uh, with them, um, <clears throat> ex- reportedly there will be extending the franchise tag to Dak Prescott. Um, you know, there maybe that'll allow them to be able to uh, pay Amari Cooper on a long-term deal. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, and then, as well as uh, unrestricted free agent, we have Robbie Anderson, who's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, selfishly as a Jet fan, I, I would I would love for him to stay um, because I know what it would mean for Sam Darnold, but. You know, there's talks of him commanding $15, $16 million, or, you know, $14, $15 million, not $16 million, uh, $14 to $15 million on the open market. Uh, I don't think the Jets are willing to pay that. Personally, I would, because that's what, you know, as a a Jet fan, it's all about Sam Darnold and his development. So that's how I feel. But um, if you're a Robbie Anderson owner, um, his best situation might be to go to another team, go to another uh, you know, another organization with a, with a better uh, coach who, you know, other than Adam Gase, who will use him effectively. Um, and, you know, a team that has offensive line, that's a, an offensive line that's able to provide the quarterback enough time to get the ball down the field, right? Robbie Anderson runs these deep routes, um, needs the extra time to get down the field. Um, so, he, you know, maybe ending up in another situation would be good for his dynasty out. Outlook. Another guy who's who I'd be curious to see. Um, you know, maybe he's a potential discount option for for the Jets and other teams looking at Robbie Anderson is Brashad Perriman, twenty six years old. He uh, he you know profiles as a, a big, tall, fast receiver, six two, two hundred twenty pounds, runs you know, sub four four. Uh, obviously, we saw what he was doing uh, after Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both went down. Uh, the last two two uh, fantasy weeks, um, the relevant fantasy weeks, that is. Um, so we saw what he was able to do in that time. So definitely um, intrigued by his possibility, his potential. So he's somebody that if he's available, if you picked him up uh, at the end of last year, you, you know, you're kind of just seeing you know, where he ends up. Um, I, I didn't write down any restricted free agents at the, at the wide receiver position. Uh, either could have been because there were too many of them or um, there was none of any importance. We'll just go with that there were none of any importance. But um, if I do find any in the next episode, I'll bring that to you guys for sure. Um, moving to the tight end position with the unrestricted free agents. Uh, we got Hunter Henry, 25 years old. Um, yeah, this is... You know, between him and Austin Hooper, you got you know two of the, uh, you know, both 25 years old, but two of the uh, top guys at at their position. 
25 or younger. So, um, you know, I, I definitely would love to see what these guys would command on the open market. Um, I don't think, you know, I guess the feeling is that Hunter Henry's not going to go anywhere, which kind of makes sense, right? Because there's already talks of Philip Rivers, um, you know, Chargers moving on from him. Uh, so, you know, they're going to bring in a young quarterback, um, you know, probably through through the NFL draft. So you want to be able to set that whoever that is up with success, with some young pieces in place. And, you know, 25-year-old Austin Eckler, 25-year-old Hunter Henry, um, I think that's those are two um, two good young pieces to have in place for whoever comes in at quarterback. Um, and then Eric Ebron, 27 years old, feels like he's much older than that. But, um, you know, he will, uh, you know, as a veteran on the open market, he should get looked at, um, should get some opportunities, probably look to tight end needy teams, um, you know, the Patriots, the um Patriots, the Detroit Lions, maybe even the Green Bay Packers, um, you know, maybe the maybe the Carolina Panthers, you know, so so one of these teams that might need tight end help for you know just a year, two years as a stopgap solution. I think Eric Ebron could fill that role, um, and then the restricted free agents are those I found a little bit intriguing. Um, Ricky Seals Jones, uh, he's somebody that's always been intriguing since his time in in Arizona. Um, you know, former wide receiver, uh, tight ends tend to blossom late. So Ricky Seals Jones, uh, and he, you know, he was two years removed from a breakout year at the tight end position. So uh, he's somebody that I would, I would definitely be intrigued by and see where he ends up in the future. Uh, Jacob Hollister, um, the Will Disley replacement um, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it would, you know, curious to see what Seattle does there because. Um, Reports today, you know, that the Seahawks are interested in Greg Olson, and of course they would be, you know, another old tight end to give to Russell Wilson. Um, you know, so maybe that's actually probably concerning for Will Disley's recovery from from the uh, was it the patella or the Achilles? It was for Disley. I think it was the patella the year before. This time it was the Achilles, but um, definitely uh, con- a little bit concerning there for his outlook, um, and maybe. That could spell doom for Jacob Hollister as well. So curious to see what happens with him. Um, Blake Jarwin uh, threw him on this list just because he's always, you know, you know, flashed in Dallas. And Jason Witten being a free agent, um, you know, prob- probably not coming back to Dallas because he's like 45 years old. Uh, so we'll have to see what Blake Jarwin, if maybe Dallas brings him back to potentially be their tight end in the future, or maybe he ends up with a. Uh, one of these tight end needy teams and tight ends is one of those positions you get late bloomers a lot of times um so you know you're just looking for guys that get opportunities right so that's all that is there um but you know in terms of free agents on the offensive side of the ball notable offensive free agents um that's all i have for today but um just wanted to get back on here um get back to recording i, I did miss it so um, you know, going to be on here, probably putting something out uh, once or twice a week. Uh, I'll aim for twice a week, but uh, for now, we'll start with once a week. Um, so, you know, probably drop it on Monday or Tuesday. In terms of what we got coming up on this feed, I'll be discussing, obviously, the NFL draft, all the prospects. Um, I'm going to go into each position in depth 
uh, guys that I like, guys that you should be looking at, uh, why I have some guys ranked higher than others. Um, you know, so it'll be a fun little project, and we'll go through it, each different phase of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on a little personal project of, of my own. So um, once I have, obviously, more, uh, once that's further along, we'll discuss that on here as well. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a good year in terms of identifying prospects, you know, guys that you should be looking to to potentially make part of your dynasty team or, you know, just even guys that you should highlight, um, you know, going into into drafts in August, some rookies. So we'll discuss all that on here, um, going position by position. We'll go, obviously, through every phase. Um, I, I eat this stuff up. So NFL Combine, uh, all the pro days, the different workouts, um, what's being said in the news, right? Uh you know, all those things work into um, what goes down in, in April, right? When we hit the NFL draft in, in Las Vegas, right? 2020, we'll be out there. Um, you know, a bunch of us are going out to the NFL draft. So we'll be soaking that experience in. And, um, you know, obviously by then we'll have a great idea of which guys are going where. Uh, and some of the prospects that I've laid out here. Uh, and, you know, what that means for you know, for their NFL future, potentially, right? Um, you know, because the NFL draft definitely, uh, you know, where guys are drafted definitely has some a uh, some uh, impact on how their careers end up, right? So we'll discuss all that here. Um, but again, be be on the lookout on the feed for this uh, for this podcast next week. Yes, that's right, February. Fantasy football, fantasy football diagnostics. We got you covered. We're back. I'm back, baby. Let's go. We out.